welcome to our final episode in Whining About Life, hosted by myself, Avrielle, with my co-cast members, Darian and Max. We are so pleased to tune you in to today's topic, the afterlife. So far, we have talked about the purpose of life, but today we're delving into different perspectives of what comes after we may have served our purpose on our final day. In this final episode of Whining About Life, I wanted to dive into a little bit on afterlife. We've talked about life and different aspects of why people are here and why we do certain things. And it all boils down to what happens in afterlife. There are many different opinions on where we go when we die and what is afterlife. But I wanted to specifically talk about religion and some of their certain perspectives on the afterlife. Like, for example... The Buddhists believe in achieving nirvana and Christians or any of the Abrahamic religions believe in reaching heaven. Now, according to thebestschools.com, there are 18 different major world religions and all have different point of views on afterlife. But for this particular story, I wanted to focus on Christianity. My dad's explanation on it, um, he just goes straight from the Bible, you know. Jesus Christ is, is described as a light in, mm-hmm. in all different forces, aspects. And so when I, the first thing that I searched up, when I looked up near-death experience, the, the Christian perspective, everyone described it as seeing a light. These are the words of Clark Phillips III, a Division I football player at the University of Utah and a devout Christian. It's crazy to think about. We always see people dying on hospital shows and being jolted back to life by an electric shock but we never hear about their experiences in those few minutes of being, quote-unquote, dead. My great-grandma Sylvia, on the other hand, has a story. Grandma Sylvia says that she vividly remembers seeing a bright light which she approached and said that, indeed, she saw God standing before her. She says that she was told by God that it was not yet her time, and when she was told that, she was revived and brought back to life. Stories like my grandma's can be very confusing or hard to understand or comprehend. But um, as my dad would say, uh, you don't know what you don't know. And the, and the experiences of these people, I feel like it just shows the divine faith of Jesus Christ. He is quoting his father, Clark Phillips, who is actually another devout Christian and is actually a pastor in California that... Things like this can be easier to understand when one is rooted in the Christian faith and accepts Jesus as the light. Just just to have so many stories be the same, it just it, it really gives it even more credibility, right? Yeah, completely understand that. So that would be, I guess, your opinion on afterlife as well, as it's you're coming to the light that is Jesus and, and I guess, living out your afterlife yeah. in, in heaven and, and rooted in yeah. happiness, I'm sure, and all that. Would that be accurate? Yeah, man. And so, yeah, what is it, what does it explain? It's crazy how when you explain the story uh, that your grandmother experienced, it, it was just so similar to, to so many other people that I've heard that, you know, and I don't know them personally, but I saw it on documentaries, you know, when I, when I watched these with my dad years ago, and I saw they all have the same story. Just the fact that they all have the same story, you know, they saw the light, God basically told them it's not their time, brought them back, you know, and now they're able to explain that because you often hear of stories where people go unconscious and mm-hmm. they don't remember anything. Right. Or now they're vegetables. And just the fact that they're able to re-explain this is crazy itself. 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like you said, I mean, people will, you know, become into this vegetative state and never really be able to explain what they saw or what they experienced. So it's definitely cool to hear some of these stories of, well, I mean, obviously my grandma was dead for a solid five minutes, so she could have seen whatever, whatever was triggered in her brain, whatever was that she was rooted in faith that she saw and, and, and what came to her. So it is very interesting to hear about some of these stories and people's coming back from, you know, after being resuscitated and what they saw. I, I completely agree. It's definitely a miracle, man. And I definitely feel like um, it takes courage to do that because it's like you don't hear these spirit experiences a lot. And yeah. so, I mean, anybody can probably look off, uh, you know, if you're not in the faith or anybody. I think I think even if you are in the faith, someone might call them crazy. Like, what the heck? Like, yeah, no she's doubt. just out of her mind or no he's doubt. just out of his mind. And so I feel like to have the courage to come forth and just say, hey, this is what I saw. I know what I saw. And I think it was this or I know it was this. And to say that, you know, is even more special. And I feel like, yeah, man, it's a miracle in itself. The fact that, you know, your grandmother, rest in peace, was able to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Know? I want to thank Clark Phillips for talking with me for a couple of minutes about afterlife as well as the Christian belief. Today I am here with Robin Lake, online business owner who through her experience with religion, death in the family, and helping friends get through losing their loved ones, has developed strong beliefs about what happens after we die. Hi Robin, how are you? Hi Darian, I'm good, glad to be here. Happy to have you. So you know our topic on the podcast today is what happens after death. And I know we had a conversation about losing your parents and your nephew and other people in your life. So I thought you'd be a great person to have on for this important conversation. So first off, what have you learned through experiencing death firsthand? Well, the first real impact I had with losing a loved one was my mother. And I lost her uh, her fairly young. I was 29 and had small children. And I had younger siblings also. So that was hard on them. But during that experience, that was the first time that I, I really felt like she was still there, even though she was gone. I still felt her presence. And one thing that happened to more than just myself, happened to several of my siblings too, is the first few days after she'd passed away, she would visit us in our dreams and we had conversations with her. And I knew it was her and it was, it was interesting and, and she had uh, some wisdom to leave with different of us. She said different things to different people. She, to me, she was asking how we were doing and she was asking us if we were going to church. And I got the impression that all the things that she'd been teaching me were true. And that's when she came to visit me. I was like, oh, you know, that's interesting. I just had that feeling that she was worried and wanted us to continue on without her now that she was leaving. Because she was a big force in all of our lives. She was mm-hmm. really strong and um, courageous and all the things you want a mom to be, but very faithful. And I felt like when we were talking in my dream that... Um, she kept that faith and that she was letting us know that it was important and to continue on with it. So you mentioned church and faith. What role does religion play in your beliefs about what happens after we die? Well, it's it plays everything. It's actually my, the entire concept that I have of this is because in our religion, we're taught that we didn't just start here on this earth as a baby. We actually started from, we had a whole pre-mortal life and we came here to, on this earth, and this is a time for a testing and a proving ground, honestly, to how you, well you live here will be like what happens to you kind of going forward. But one thing that I've learned as I've gotten older is that the family bonds that we have, it's no accident that we're here with the family members that we're with. I believe that we've had relationships for who know how, you know, for the eternities, and that we're here with people that mean the mo- most to us, and that we were going to bump into friendships and th- things of people that we've known before and that um, that we create bonds 
with our family and the family really is the this important unit that will carry on to the afterlife there's a reason that your parents visit you when they die is because that you're the thing that's the most important to them yeah and you also talked about losing your mom at a relatively young age i feel like do you think that there's a perfect timing for everything so do you feel like that she had lived out her life to her fullest and it was god's i guess timing and to call her home or do you feel like death kind of just happens that there's no real rhyme or reason to it you know, I feel like sometimes death might come sooner than, you know, maybe in the wrong place at the wrong time. But I felt with, with her that although it was very painful to lose her when we did, I did feel like that she had done all the things that she was set here on this earth to do. And I think she had things to do on the other side. I believe that you go on to the next world and you have lots to accomplish and you have goals. And, and also, I. but that's one thing I want to talk to you about is that I feel like a lot of her work on the other side is coming back and serving her children and serving her her you know and her grandchildren and being there for us and helping us with answering prayers i feel like there's like you talk about guardian angels and it's kind of like that like they're there and part of our lives and just recently i've actually kind of been reading up all this and trying to understand it and i feel like your parents can be there to help you but i feel like it's like a door without a handle and mm-hmm. so in my prayers i'll ask you know you know because i still pray to heavenly father you know i'm not like praying to them. I'm praying to Heavenly Father and I'm praying to the Savior. And then I ask for, you know, my child's having a hard time today. Please send my parents to be with them. And um, I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm getting a handle on that that's actually how it works. Like you can actually send angels to be with your children, but you have to ask. And that's that's something I've just learned probably in the last mm, year, six months to a year. And, um, and I feel like it's helped my kids sometimes when they're really struggling, that they'll call me and they'll feel a little bit more peace. And, you know, and I, I, that's all I could do sometimes. Sometimes you can't do anything else other than pray for your children or for your nephews or nieces or whoever it is that's struggling. Yeah, and that's great. And a little bit before this podcast started, you mentioned a book to me that you've been reading. Yeah, it was, um, so it's called Kitchen Table Wisdom. Okay, and this woman became a death therapist. And what she would go, she would, I think she was a regular therapist or some type of doctor, but she'd go and visit people on their deathbeds. And she said, that she would have the same conversations and the same experiences. And one thing that was amazing is it didn't matter who they were, from what walks of life, or, you know, these were strangers, and she would go and talk to them. All of them, at the end of their lives, the only thing they cared about was relationships, and had they have good relationships, and will their children remember them, and the mistakes they've made with the relationships. That's the only thing they cared about. Money meant nothing. And the other thing is, is that they wanted to talk a little bit and get peace before passing over. And they also wanted to know that they were going somewhere and she could talk to him and she would explain the experiences she's had with other clients. And the other clients would often have experiences with like, like she'd be with a woman, a man who was dying. And then the son would come and say, my dad came and visited me and I was able to walk him around this house that I was building and show him all the work I'd done. And it was like this total freeing moment that we both connected and I was finally able to show him that. And anyways, and she said that in dreams they'll visit, all the things that I had experienced, she talked about a loved one passing and coming back and talking to you in dreams. She talked about how they knew that there was something on the other side. And then also that, that as you're passing, sometimes I think you see loved ones. That's another thing she talked about too. Oh, wow. And I have an experience to talk about that too. So my dad, he was passing away and this, uh, woman came over and she was the hospice worker and I asked her I'm always very curious about this because I've been reading the kitchen table wisdom book and I said do you have experiences when you're hospice patients I mean because basically hospice means that treat your 
parent for pain or your loved one for pain and they were no longer doing medical assistance they will not revive them and so my dad was sick and dying from cancer and we were and we were giving him pain meds and I just she was a different faith in me so I just wanted to ask what she thought and she said I, I said do you do you find when they're passing away this is important this is one of the things the kitchen table wisdom things talked about and what I believe and my personal beliefs is that like we're coming into earth and there's all these loved ones greeting us and we're like, oh my gosh, they're here. And it's like this joy celebration. Death is the same way. We don't go over there and it's like the sad, dark tunnel or whatever. I think we're greeted by all of the people that we love the most. And um, so I asked this worker, I go, do you ever have experiences where they're passing away where they'll talk to people or they'll do it? She's like, oh, all the time. She's like, they'll, sometimes they'll open their eyes and like smile and and this is after they've been in like a coma right or they'll start talking to loved ones and saying what are you doing here like right before they pass that there's like this connection with the other world and they'll, they'll name names of people that have passed away or like especially if they've lost sweethearts they're so excited to like but you know my dad passed after my mom so he was 10 years along waiting for my mom he just missed her so much and so for them it was like this bittersweet thing that we're like this person's leaving us and we have all of this heartache but on the other side it's just like a baby coming in it's like this joyful reunion yeah and especially with your dad and your mom you kind of knew like your dad was going to finally be with your mom again yeah it was just gave us peace and that's what the kitchen table wisdom talked about and then this hospice worker where she goes and she she just works with people that are dying and she's just like she sees it all the time and it kind of also gave me peace too is just to think about you know, I'm grateful that I'm with my dad on his last few breaths and that he can pass peacefully into the world and feel the love that we're here with him. And I think it's just like, we, we, I think we just circle around, you know, there's loved ones sending him down to, to, you know, sending him down to earth and the baby, you know, and that spirit mm-hmm. starting here. And then that spirit goes on to this next realm. And I think that there's family members there. I think the family ties are what, you know, it's like a chain that goes through each yeah. world. And it's interesting that you talked about how sometimes they'll smile or it seems like they're having a conversation with other people. Because I've even heard doctors talk about with dementia or Alzheimer's patients that when they're getting near to the end of their lives, they'll start to have conversations with people and remember people's names that have passed before them or that yes. they didn't remember that they remembered. And yeah. I think it's interesting and that shows that like you don't forget and that maybe there is people waiting for you on the other side. Well, I think it just gives you so much more hope in life every day to know that all these relationships that we're building and that we're working on and the person that I'm becoming, that that's going to carry on and mean something in the next life. And no, it is important to be a good person here. It is important to have good relationships with your family. Yes, it is. And a central theme of this podcast in general is actually the purpose of life. So would you say that the purpose of life, I guess, through your experience with death is relationships and the relationships we have with our family and the people around us? Yes, I think all of those things. And then I think you have to always, because it's all possible. I think you always have to tie in God and the Savior. I think you have to tie those into that they all come together. But I feel like that they have made all of these things possible so that we could be with family relationships. Like that's what they, that's where we thrive. You know, it's mm-hmm. not sitting in a church building with some are preaching at us. I'm like, all of your real life is around your family members, and and that's where you're you're gonna have your toughest relationships, and you're gonna get the most upset by them and hurt by them, but at the same time they're going to be the ones that you always come back to and that that you're going to carry on with, I think, throughout eternity. And then kind of stepping away from the spiritual questions, and I know that you've handled a lot of death in your life. What do you think is a practical way for people to get through losing a loved one? Well, there's different ways to lose a loved one. And so when they're old, it's like this peaceful thing that they had a good life. And when they're young, it's so heartbreaking. And so one thing that I've had some experience with was is suicide and especially when it's someone young and you know we lost a nephew that was so heartbreaking and 
that that's really rattles you. I mean, I felt like I had it you know, under control with my parents. And when you lose someone that you love like that, and we felt like it was too short, is I feel like then you, you start really questioning. Like, you know, was he supposed to go and what, what I could have done? And I don't know. It, it changes it when it's a more tragic death. But once again, over time, you always come back to it's okay. He was loved. And one thing that um, a family member of mine said is that whenever they feel really guilty, like my sister who lost her son, and she's just like, because sometimes, you know, it's you, you feel like, what could I have done differently? You spend yeah. your life wondering if these kids, could, you know, if it was an accident or some kind of tragic death. And I think you just always say, for every one thing that you could have done better, you think of five things you did amazing. Like, they were warm, they were cared for, you know, I, I loved him with all my heart. And you talk about all the things that you did good with that person. Because so often when the death ends too soon, you're going to live with the guilt, and that's not what they want. They're so peaceful on the other side. Like, yeah. I've, I've felt that, that there's just so much peace on the other side. So just be at peace and forgive yourself and know that they are thinking in a, in a different realm and like a higher, I think a higher brain almost, and they love you and they forgive, you know, and you move yeah. on and you just hope for the best. And it's just all about forgiveness, I think. Forgive yourself, forgive some things that they did maybe, you know. I think mm -hmm. it's like move on and just realize that that family relationship is still there. Even some of the stories are kind of sad that, you know, or, or something didn't go perfectly. It doesn't matter. The bigger thing is, is just the love you feel for each other. Yeah. And I think that you gave lots of words of wisdom and I think the listeners are going to love what you had to say. So thank you so much for coming on and talking about such a hard topic to discuss and open up about. So thank it you so much. A, it is a tricky t subject to jump in quickly with, but mm -hmm. you know what? You do the best you can. And um, I hope it helps help somebody. Hopefully it helps somebody. My first podcast. So oh, there you go. <laughs> now you've accomplished it. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Welcome, Lorenzo, to this um, episode, and I'm really excited to hear your point of view. Um, we're talking about Christianity specifically today and how that plays into your current views right now. So um, my first question, I suppose, is tell me about your upbringing. I've heard from you that your grandparents are or were quite religious. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me on, Avrielle. Um, yeah, my grandparents were very, very Catholic. Um, they would go to church every single weekend, um, pretty much under any circumstance. They would sit front row. They would speak along with the priests, recite every prayer. Um, they were very, very diehard Catholic. And these grandparents of yours, were they on your dad's side or your mom's side? How did that play into their upbringing? That was mainly on my dad's side. My mom's side also were Catholic, but I don't know how religious they were. They would occasionally go to church. Not like my dad's side. And how did that play into their upbringing? Uh, my dad grew up um, definitely going to church every single Sunday. When he would be like punished and stuff, they would definitely bring up God a lot. And just in general, like with morals, you know, like, you know, what would God do? You know, that kind of stuff. So definitely had a role in how he was raised. It sounds like they were using the Lord kind of as a <laughs> fear tactic almost. No, I don't think necessarily a fear mm. tactic, but just, you know, to teach morals, as I think the church often does. And you do believe that the church teaches morals and ethics that you should live out in your daily life? Or is that something you aren't quite sure of yet? I do think that it can teach some good morals and ethics in some certain um, circumstances that are mm -hmm. good for life. 
So you mentioned that your grandparents were Catholic and your dad specifically was raised that way as well. Does he still practice Catholicism? No, he does not anymore. I think he stopped when he was in his probably early 20s. And speaking about yourself, let's see, your dad had you at what age? Your parents had you at what age? Uh, I believe my dad was about 32, my mom probably 30. So did they did they not raise you Catholic or were you also raised Catholic like they were? Um, I was baptized Catholic and I would go to church occasionally and then we went for a while there and I got my first communion and then maybe a few months after going to church we kind of just stopped. I never really wanted to go and they were never uh, diehard Catholics so we stopped going. That's interesting. So you were baptized Catholic and then I know before you get your confirmation you have to do the sacrament of reconciliation as well. So you did those three sacraments but stopped attending church. Was there a reason why your family no longer attended? Um, both my parents are atheists, <laughs> um, and my sister and I just never really got into the whole religious thing, so we just stopped going. So your parents were atheists, but they were taking you to church. That's an interesting dynamic. Was there a reason as to why they wanted you to attend church when they don't believe in it? For two reasons. I think the main reason was because my dad's parents were very Catholic. Um, so he did it to make them happy. Um, just to make them feel good. Uh, and then when he also just thought it was fun because we could all, as a family, go to church on Sunday and get breakfast after. So it was a family building thing. But he did it. Like, the reason why he baptized me was just so his parents could go and smile and be happy and feel good. It's the only reason why. Wow, okay. Well, we're definitely taking a different route of <laughs> Christianity because I know... Yeah, a lot of people get involved with the church, but they don't entirely follow through. So I know personally, I went to Catholic school my entire life. So um, how has being atheist been in terms of how you cope with, and this may be a heavy question, but how do you cope with death then? Because I know a lot of people find comfort in knowing that they will see their loved ones in the afterlife or what they believe to be the afterlife. Where do you find solace in that reality if you... Do you believe in an afterlife in any form? For me personally, I do not believe in an afterlife. Um, and as far as coping with it goes, um, I think a lot of it just comes down to acceptance and just realizing I don't know exactly what will happen. Um, I don't expect there's anything. But I just, I just try to focus on enjoying life and just whatever happens, happens. Not worrying about the future so much as far as what happens after death. If someone who I love passes away from me personally, I just look at all the greatness in their life, all the things they've done, and I'm just happy that they got to live a good life and that I got to enjoy them for the time they were there. That's me personally. I just, I've never found enough hard proof for myself to want to believe in that, but I, I fully support anyone else who does believe that and finds comfort in it. For me, I just don't personally feel like I need that. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a time where you did try to find a relationship with God kind of you know experiment with that spiritual path or were you always kind of decided that you were atheist uh no I definitely when I was going through first communion and when I was younger I don't for the record I don't remember if I would go from like zero to five or six I don't think I did when I was really little but for those few years I did first communion and did go to church I remember wondering if God was real and thinking about it a lot 
and not really knowing. I remember questioning it a lot. Um, I remember even doing like the rosary and praying when I was really little during that for a little bit. Uh, but but no, I mean, pretty shortly after, probably the age of like eight or nine, I, I kind of, for me personally, decided I don't believe in believe in God. How'd you come to that conclusion? Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons and some that probably aren't, don't sound super nice, and I don't know if you want me to bring them up and stuff, but... Yeah, this is an honest podcast. Okay. All opinions are welcome. Okay. <laughs> I guess personally, I just don't think there's any hard fact that you can really prove and you can poke so many holes into it that I just, I feel like if some of it's fake, then how can you say any of it's real? Um, or at least a good majority of it. Um, I also feel that the church has, although they can do amazing things, there's also been so many horrible things that has happened with religion. Um, mm-hmm. Even recent, like, I mean, when I was even younger and I was like nine and stuff, I mean, like there were, you know, homosexuals and stuff being kicked out of the church and out of their families because of religion. And I mean, that that was in the book. I mean, you could say they interpreted it wrong, but I feel like any religion, like, I just don't believe in that. I just don't I stand by religion. I always feel that, that when, you know, um, there's a different conversation between like believing in God, a higher, all-loving power, and then following a religion. Would you say that you more have a distaste for um, religious organizations versus believing in God, or do you entirely just not believe in the whole For me personally, I don't believe in it. I mean, I definitely just, I mean, I don't love organized religion. I definitely dislike that personally. Um, but I also don't believe in a God or an afterlife or any kind of spiritual being mm-hmm. as of now, um, until proven otherwise. I mean, if there was anything that like, you know, I guess more, more factual, like you could be like, oh, I could like meet God or I could like, you know, make a prayer and it would come true every single time, you know, then, you know, if something like that started happening. Have you ever heard that sometimes your prayers are answered in unknowing or yeah yeah have you ever kind of pondered that idea as well i have but that also kind of comes down to like i feel like kind of luck or chance it's like Mm -hmm. if i put out a prayer and i'm like man my life needs to get better and then i just happen to meet a new friend or i happen to be like oh taxes come and i get a really good tax break and now my money isn't you know an issue and i'm like oh that was god it's like well you were looking for an answer you made that prayer so now anything that good happens is now god i think if you're expecting bad i think you 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 see what you want to see and i think that's human nature to do so I think lots of times miracles are just human nature and just looking for a miracle because that's how people cope with struggle and, and hardship. I think that's just very human of us. As well as God, I think it's human because we want to believe in something after. It makes it easy to understand than just saying, because I'm not saying I know there's nothing. I'm just saying I don't know. I don't believe in anything as of now. So I think it's hard for people to live in the unknown. So are you dead set on saying there is no God, which is how I personally define atheism? Um, and you can correct me if maybe that's not the right way of thinking about atheism. But in terms of, I don't know if there's a higher power or not, I take that as being more agnostic. Would you say you're more atheist or more agnostic? I would, I mean, maybe I might be shades of agnostic, but mm-hmm. I would I would lean more towards atheist. I say I don't know because I think right. anytime you say definite answers for anything, it's just, my opinion, I just think it's like a little little hasty out like even one can say it's like a hundred percent there's no god i mean i guess i mean i could be wrong just like everyone could be wrong about there being right. a god mm-hmm. that's what i mean so but i do not believe that there's any higher power or god in the sense that i think people think of god mm-hmm. so that would actually be when i was young i think it was more like clouds and everything you love is there 
and you can kind of have you know whatever you want and it's just like like when they say like you're heaven like you're like oh this is heaven like it's perfect everything's perfect is what i thought probably when i was little as heaven um as i got older i think i started thinking more about that and being like logistically that doesn't work out and like who goes and who doesn't or do animals go to heaven you know like i started asking a lot more questions and i was like wow that seems so complicated it's like that's impossible um so i guess i when i was younger it was definitely the standard i think for what most people think of as heaven like you see all your family and you know either clouds or just um i don't know just like pretty area pretty place mm-hmm. pretty outdoors yeah. that so kind of whatever you enjoy i asked that question because i wanted to lead up to this question how do you view what death is like i know we've had some conversations about this but i want our audience to hear that perception which has has given me personally some chills where i'm like oh my gosh what a way to think about it but anyways take it away <laughs> so the way that i've thought or try to comprehend what i imagine death would be like so i always think about like how it was before i was born you know when i think about that i'm like i don't remember anything from before i was born and that's how i think it is when you're dead <laughs> well it's just it's wow a, that is a, something to definitely cease of consciousness right. there's nothing mm-hmm. That's a definite, and I laugh because, well, I laugh because I respect your view. I laugh because it just, personally, like I said, I've gone through Catholic school my whole life, so hearing that, <laughs> you know, that is just, like, very intense for me to hear because, you know, you do hear that, like, the clouds and the light and the love and the warmth and the eternity, and then yours just sounds like just slicing scissors through a red ribbon and it just goes black you know yeah yeah but But, um you know I respect both views for sure and I think we have both views in this podcast which is really dynamic in my opinion I wanted to include um you know our topic is afterlife and Christianity but I wanted a perspective of a practicing Christian but also have the side where there's a lot of said to be Christians once upon a time who kind of go a different route and like you go down atheism or agnostic or different religion. Thank you for sharing and hopefully the audience can choose what side they're on and where they kind of fall in line and also go to respect both views. Thanks Ariel for having me on this podcast Mm -hmm. and um, I would really love to point of view isn't too bleak for everyone and uh, (laughs) Yeah, thanks for letting me have this opportunity to speak a little bit about my views. Yeah, thank you for sharing your views. This team is really pleased to have such a controversial, vulnerable, and personal topic to end the segment of Whining About Life podcast. Religion is a really hard subject to talk about, let alone be recorded on, so our team sincerely thanks Clark, Robin, and Lorenzo for sharing their personal views here with us today. As for any future segments in Whining About Life, that will all be determined based on you listeners out there, so we hope to be tuning in with you again and make sure to stay safe.